from the Mercy One Studio. Man Up, brought to you by Construction Professionals, a program dedicated to inspiring and helping men live lives of heroic virtue. Join Joe Stopulis every Monday at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio. And now, it's time to Man Up. Welcome to Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. We are broadcasting today from the Mercy One studio, heard on 1150 AM, 88.5 FM, and 94.5 FM. We're on the globe streaming online at iowacatholicradio.com and on the Iowa Catholic Radio app. I am Joe Stopulis, and today I am joined by my good friend, Max Carson. And we're going to have our second episode in a row on discernment. Let's start in prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and the snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our good friend Max Carson joining me on the other side of the break. Uh, similar conversation to the one last week, at least the topic is going to be, uh, with Reed Flood around discernment, discernment in our lives. As I said last week, uh, again, I think we were called to discern our entire lives. It's not just a one-time thing uh, when it comes to vocations necessarily, uh, but I'd like to, especially with, with Max and Reed and, and these guys who are going through seminary, they spend so much time in, in what I would call active discernment, a stage of actively discerning it. Uh, and I think we can learn a lot from them, especially uh, where they're at today on the example they've they've set um, and how they've heard God's call in their life and, and then what they've done uh, in that time. So uh, really good conversation last week. If you didn't get to hear it, go to the podcast and listen to uh, the conversation with Reed Flood on discernment. Uh, and excited to have Max Carson on on the other side of the break. Stick around, and we will be right back. Thank you, construction professionals, for underwriting Man Up. Construction professionals have been long supporters of Iowa Catholic Radio, and we've seen their work firsthand. It's very impressive. They do remodeling or new construction that is innovative, functional, and designing what you want. cpcustomhomes.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and John Leonetti in the morning is provided by Five Sons Naturescapes. Five Sons Naturescapes is a Catholic veteran-owned family company providing premium outdoor landscaping, clean up and restore outdoor living space with retaining walls, privacy fencing, pergolas, paver sidewalks, and patios. Issues with soil settling and water around the foundation and yard? Five Sons Naturescapes can grade and install drainage tile to help. Five Sons Naturescapes online at fivesonsnaturescapes.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Christ is the Answer with Father John Ricardo is provided by Confluence Brewing Company, a local brewery featuring seasonal and limited-release beers located off the bike trail south of Grays Lake and online at confluencebrewery.com. Confluence Brewing Company has growlers to go, apparel, and other gifts for family and friends. Confluence Brewing Company is available for curbside service and would like to thank you for your support. Thank you, Confluence Brewing Company, for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. My help comes you. right here. Welcome back to Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. Excited to have my guest today, Max Carson, seminarian of the Diocese of Des Moines. Max, welcome back to the show. Thank you. It's been a while. Well, you're a regular guest, though. You are a regular guest. Yes. Uh, I think a regular reoccurring guest. Uh, excited to have you back on uh, in today's show. is It's kind of a follow-up to last week's show. So I preface it in the in the... Uh, first part, which is discernment, this mm-hmm. thought of discernment. Again, something that's been on my heart a lot, that 
we don't just discern once into our vocation. We discern throughout our lives. Mm-hmm. And we talked about it at length last week with your good friend, Deacon Reed Flood. Deacon Reed Flood. Uh, and he had a lot to share with us about his discernment process over the seven years uh, at, at seminary up in St. Paul and then continuing at uh, Pontifical College uh, in Rome. You have Everyone has a different story, though. So I thought it would be great to get both of you guys on, especially considering... It's so fresh. I mean, it's, again, you're doing it your whole life, but you guys have been in what I call kind of an intensive uh, the past eight years, and your story uh, is as good as it, or better than any. I mean, you have such a great story when it comes to your discernment. Uh, so, again, give us a bit about your, your call. We've, we've heard it on previous shows, but kind of refresh us on your call to the seminary and to the priesthood and the process of discernment throughout that. Yeah, definitely. See, so, yeah, the last time I was on here, I actually was not a seminarian. That's right. Yeah, this what, was back what was it, Which one was that? Utfidim? What were we talking about? Utfidim. Okay, okay. Utfidim. Yeah. You've been on so many times now, so yeah. I lose track of <laughs> It's been fun. Um, but yeah, so, yeah, my path has been very twisty, curvy, you know, this way, that way. Um, and it just reminds me of the Israelites in the desert. God says to them, yeah, we have this promised land for you in Canaan. But he didn't tell them all about the twists and turns that were going to be along the way, right? So, Yours has been less than 40 years, which is good. Less than 40 years, thank God. <laughs> only eight. Only eight. Yeah, eight. Fifth. Yeah, I'll take eight over 40 yeah, any day. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it all started in high school, actually, with another guest speaker that's been on this show plenty of times, Father Zachary Kautsky. So that was a similar theme to last week. Uh, I did not know Reed's story. He said Father Zach. Uh, okay. He was a former co-host, Father Zach. Yeah, he'd mentioned that, that was he was integral in his as well. So very exciting. Yeah, so I never thought about the priesthood at all until I was 17 years old at Dallin Catholic High School. I joined this group called Legion of Our Lady with Adam Story and Father Zach Kautsky heading it up. And, you know, Reed was in there. We had Ben Baker, Joshua Dane. A lot of guys who went into seminary, some of which discerned out and some of which stayed in. But I started getting a prayer life there. But still, you know, I thought of the priesthood until this one weekend where there's a football game in early October. Myself and my friends, we were the guys that always painted up in the front row with... We were very similar, (laughs) apparently. (laughs) You did that as well? I did it once or twice. Okay, I can see it once or twice, yeah. We would have been friends in high school. We would have been just fine. We would have been in a we would have been in a band together. We would have been in a band. No, let's be honest. <laughs> Joe and I jam every now and then. Yeah, every it's once awesome. in a while. We got a shred every now and then. Yeah. Uh, yeah so, um, me and my friends we always painted up in the front row, like going crazy and all that. And so it was while we were at the game, me and my friends going wild in the stands. I see Father Zach Kautsky look at me straight in the eye, and I was like, "Oh man, this is weird." Like, priest is seeing me with my shirt off. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, no, uh, this is really awkward. And then he finally broke eye contact. And I was like, okay, thank God. That was weird. And then the next day, I go on a UNI college visit to visit their jazz and classical music programs with uh, one of the band members uh, of the band I was in at the time. And I remember the only thing I could think about during that weekend on that trip was the priesthood. I would close my eyes and I would see myself wearing a collar with the black shirt and the black pants. And I'm just like, what is going on? It just bugged me the whole time. And so I get back on Monday, get back to Dowling. I storm into his office and I say, hey, look, I have never thought about this before, but all I could do was think about the priesthood this weekend. 
And he has this smile on his face, and he says, oh, really? I'm like, why does it seem like you know something? He said, well, when I saw you acting like an animal in the stands with all your friends, <laughs> I prayed to the Lord, and I said, if this kid is supposed to be a priest, bother the crap out no of his conscience way. this weekend. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Father and Z. Father, Father Z. Yeah. At that time, I was like, oh, what the heck, Padre, putting this curse on I me? Like, <laughs> but then I remember when he said that, and I thought about it, I was like, wow. Like, all of a sudden, I was like, happy and okay with it. And so I went and I told my band bandmates right afterwards. And, you know, these guys were my best friends. We already told each other, yeah, we're putting all our eggs in this basket. We're going to be professional musicians. That's, what, that's how it's going to be. And I told them one by one, except for the singer who had already graduated. I was like, hey, I'm going to be a priest. Just like that? Yeah. That, yeah. It was that fast? Just like that. And then, yeah, the same day. And then I remember um, one of the guys in the band, he just looked at me and he goes, C-Max, this is what happens when you follow religion. You disappoint people. <laughs> no <laughs> yeah. way. Yeah. And then my, my best friend at the time, he slammed the locker on me, walked away, gave me the silent treatment. And when they told the singer, they told the singer before I had a chance to tell him, the singer, he told me later, he threw up three times. One, because he felt like he was losing a friend. And two, because he felt so much hate and anger towards me. He Whoa. didn't know what to do with it. Whoa. Yeah. And it also shows how good you are guitar. If I could have, <laughs> if I could have banned, people wouldn't care as much. <laughs> they're kind of putting all their chips in on the max guitar skills. <laughs> but that, so that's similar to Reed, though. You know, Father Zach planted the seed. Yeah. Um, but the, how fast it was. I mean, clearly you, you hear the, you know, the yeah. gospel, the fertile ground. Some jump so quickly and we're ready to go. Mm-hmm. There's obviously fertile soil there for you guys to, to, to grow, I mean, very quickly. And you heard the Lord's call and you acted on it very quickly. Mm-hmm. The next well, eight years, as I talked with Reed about last week, mm-hmm. it, there's still a, a, you're still discerning, right? So yeah. what does that look like? Then you, you show up at... Now you're not even going to you and I. You're not doing jazz musician. You're now going to seminary. Mm-hmm. What does the process of discernment look like throughout that whole time? So yeah, like generally for guys who go in right after high school, it's four years of philosophy and then four years of theology. Four years of philosophy in the minor seminary, four years of theology in the major seminary. I went to minor seminary in St. Paul, Minnesota, at the University of St. Thomas, at the seminary called St. John Vianney. Okay. So a lot of saints there. Um and it was there where there's like discernment. It's it's a two way thing. So there's the guy discerning the call to the priesthood himself, like in the seminary. Then the church is discerning as well. You have the formation staff and the bishop and all that. And so they're seeing how you're doing and in conversation with you and seeing if like this is actually something God is doing. Um, and so I went through four years of philosophy. I went through three, three years of theology. And then, backing up to last fall around this time, um, I went... It, it was really during... Uh, right at the beginning of the summer, I remember just this sense of being... Not really... Not, it wasn't a struggle. It wasn't like a... Um, it wasn't like I wasn't feeling good, but it was like I was absolutely miserable. 
So I'm going to give our listeners a little backup here. Yeah. This is your last year of seminary before becoming a deacon. Before becoming a deacon. Yeah. And so yeah. if you listen to last week's show, uh, Deacon Reed talked about the vows you make at the diaconate. It's a big step because you're making the vows, yeah. vows of obedience to the bishop. Mm-hmm. Uh, so fairly permanent. It's a, it's a big step. So the date was already set, right, at this point? Yeah. Yeah. So you, you are – it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Without, if you do nothing – you just go, it's going to happen, right? So you will become a deacon. Yeah, okay. so I was going to be ordained a deacon on October 3rd of 2019 in St. Peter's Basilica. Not a bad place to have it. Not a bad place. Not bad, yeah, bad. yeah, it's, it's good. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> but then you have St. Anthony's, which is just it's like so yeah, beautiful. So Let great. me just throw that in oh, there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but so um, that was going to be my deaconate ordination, but then months before, months before it and then leading up to it, as I was engaging in prayer and in ministry and in um, just life, I realized I was becoming so miserable. Hmm. Even though everyone around me was like, oh, Max, you're doing a great job, things like that. And I was like, man, what is going on? I've never experienced this before in my life. So at first I was like, oh, is this the devil trying to get me to like not become a priest or whatever? You know, I mean, fair question. And I explored that question with my spiritual director and all that. And so in, in, in this, this very, like, difficult period of discernment for me, it was very crucial to be clear with my spiritual director, pray even more, and to continue to engage regular life. Okay? So then I go back to the seminary in Rome to prepare to be ordained after the summer was over. Mm-hmm. And I remember just having this great sense of, like, God is not calling me to this right now. Yeah. And so I had a conversation with this, my spiritual director. I mean, many conversations. Yeah, as I say, this was a single <laughs> many conversation. I was like, hey, what's going on? I have no idea. Yeah. Um, and the rector of the seminary, the head priest of the seminary, I was telling him what was going on. And he said, Max, as we know in discernment, if that joy, that peace, that freedom, and that enthusiasm is not there, God is not calling at this time. And so you are at the finish line. I was at the finish yeah, line. I mean, you are literally at the finish line. Yeah. And your spiritual director, who obviously sees you, knows you'd be a great priest, knows you'd be a wonderful addition to helping save souls, says, listen, this is probably not for you right now. Like, at this present moment, you you should not do this. Yeah. And it's a, it's, kudos to that guy for being able to, to say that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Just hearing that from that authority, yeah. giving my own experience credence that it was, that some, that it's true. Mm-hmm. And so this is wild. The day, I remember very clearly, it was October 1st of last year, is when he told me to that the best thing to do would be to go back home to my diocese and to find a job, any job, and to just live a normal life and see where God would call from there. Two months down the road, I already have this job at Dowling as a youth feed and mail coordinator and you know get in the groove of things and... Um, Eddie Magruder, my coworker, and I were coming out of the chapel, and I see this Our Lady Guadalupe statue. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, that's a beautiful statue. never seen that before. She's like, yeah, actually, you're an answer to a prayer that I prayed to her in early October. I went to Mexico City, and I prayed in front of the tilma, and one of my intentions was, Lord, please give me an Utfida male coordinator. And I was like, okay, what day was it in early October? And she said October 1st. What? The same day the rector told me to go get a job. 
Unbelievable. Wild. And I also, I was born seven weeks premature on Our Lady of Guadalupe, so she's always held a special place in my heart. Yeah. By the way, I told, <laughs> not that, side note, when you were thinking about getting that job, I told Eddie Magruder, I'm sure many other people did, said, this isn't a choice. It, it's <laughs> anyway, go ahead. So, yeah, that so was wild. You, you, you now had discerned out of seminary, but you were still actively discerning. I remember still you telling me, yeah. we talked just over the course of those months, it was, you were truly in a state of active discernment on what, where am I, what is my life calling me to do? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, We'll let you get to the story. Now we'll get to the in this physical. How did you know specifics of what you did? So mm. now you are the Ufidamo coordinator. You've been doing this for a handful of months, mm. and then where's God tucking in your life? Yeah, and so yeah, it was during that time, um, of really being in Dowling, working with the high school kids and the mentors and all of that, where um, I was put. I was just put in a place where I could see that God really made me to be a priest and that it needed time to grow in this local community, in the Diocese of Des Moines, or I would actually be a priest. Because most of my time in seminary, it's been in other places. Yeah. It's it's like having a long-distance relationship most of the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, like, for me, it was like I needed that time back. Here, God knew that, and he gave that to me. Um, even when, like, I remember going out, having dinner with this girl, and, you know, when I wasn't in seminary, just yeah, let me make good, that clear. Yeah, guys, <laughs> clarify that on <laughs> the air, to know. Um, and then going hiking with her and things like that. We didn't actually, like, date, because I, I ended up telling her, I was like, I'm in no position to date, because I'm still discerning the priesthood. Yeah. But I'm still in another relationship right now. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember I was like, I can't give, like, my whole attention to her because I keep thinking about God all the time and the priesthood all the time. Mm-hmm. I kept thinking about saying Mass and how much I wanted to say Mass, how much I wanted to hear confessions. And even experiencing that in the absence of living in the seminary, I was like, okay, this is... This is true. You know, I'm not just doing this because people think I'd be good at it. I'm doing this because, like, it is really something very strongly put on my heart by God. And so in that, the joy that you'd lost, all the things that you were missing, did it just pop back in then? Or how does that work? I mean... Yeah, so it was like the... Like, again, in discernment, joy and peace of the Holy Spirit, which is different than the joy and peace of experience of the world... Um, like that joint piece of the Holy Spirit calling me forward in the vocation that was absent last year at this time, then came back in what I call a super abundance. <laughs> I mean, it was it was amazing. I remember just in March when I was moving in with um, two of my good friends now. I didn't really know them that well at the time. But two guys, um, and then... Just praying every day. You know, you can't go anywhere else. Yeah. I couldn't go anywhere else. So I'm just praying in my room all the time. And I get, it was on God's time, I guess. Like that joy, that peace, enthusiasm, freedom, everything that is indicative of a call from God came in a super abundance. So where awesome. It's like how, how I like to put it is that 
Okay, the sacred heart, where Jesus says, I am meek and humble of heart. Meek does not mean quiet, doormat, like... Strength under... What is it? Strength under control is how I think of meek. Yes! Yes, it came from the the Greco-Roman military word, whatever it is. I know we, tra- we, we translate it as meek. And what they would do, they would find like a wild bronco, like who had all this strength, endurance, power, speed, whatever, but couldn't walk in a straight line. And so what they would do, they would meek the yeah. horse. And then he would be like this this war stallion and be able to like do what he needs to do. And so I feel like during this time, God really meeked my heart. And I prayed that prayer so many yeah. times, Jesus Christ, meek and humble of heart, make my heart like unto thine. Yeah. That's what he was doing. Yeah, it was super painful. But, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what happens. Like, as Christians, we're all called to have that sacred heart of Jesus. And there will be times where the thorns around the heart will pierce. And But you know what? It has honed my love for God and my love for other people in a very focused way, a more strong and a more yeah. controlled way, that now I can feel like I can freely enter into the priesthood. So that's... I love your story. I love the story. And it's cool. I think I have a front row for a lot of it, which has been fun for me. Yeah. been a friend of yours, so it's yeah, been it's awesome. Been awesome yeah. and we've obviously been praying for you the whole time, and God works in amazing ways. We've got two minutes left. Okay. I, I want to walk us through hmm. how you discern. What are you doing in discernment? Again, as a, as a guy with kids, I'm trying to discern what's God calling me to every day. Mm-hmm. What are your recommendations for having that active daily discernment, uh, whether it's in the daily things or in the big things in life? What do you recommend for guys to, to actually discern? First thing you do in the day, when you wake up, get down on your knees on your bedside and say, God, I desire to do your will today. Nothing more, nothing less. Put that desire on the table with him right there, right at the beginning, because it's all about prayer. You have got to pray. So I pray that prayer every morning. Um, I, I pray a holy hour every day. Now, not everyone can do that, you know, with like kids and a job, you know, it's kind of wild. Uh, but just constantly praying to the Holy Spirit saying, guide me. You're the one in control. Guide me, guide me. And so first step, prayer. Second step, just constantly engaging in reality. You know, Not entertaining, what if this happens? Or like, oh, but in the past. Okay, no, no, no. Like the only place where God exists and is working right now is right here because we're in the presence. Um, we're in the present. And so always keeping in mind that in the reality of the present is where you find God's will. I like to put, I, I, I've quoted this before, and he, he leadeth me. The priest in that Walter book, Chizik. Walter Chizik says, God's will is nothing more than the present moment being offered by the loving hands of a father. Okay. So, yeah. And then it just requires living like a healthy like human life too you know you don't want to be like staying up till three mm-hmm. and waking up early you know yeah have a healthy life so you can like be attentive clarity of mind clarity of mind yeah. and heart yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's why right. father zach and i the first time we went to exodus 90 we talked about the clarity of mind we're going to bed early we're waking up early we're not drinking at all we're not eating sweets and just remember the clarity of mind was so important you quoted walter shizik we're going to end on a quote from walter shizik i can think of no better way to do that Max Carson, thank you so much for joining us again today. Thank you, Joe. We're going to head to short break, and we'll be right back. What is the best gift ever? Giving a Catholic education is at the top of my list. 
Your contribution to CTO helps families send their children to our Catholic schools who otherwise could not afford it. In giving to CTO, you receive the best tax credits ever. Pledge or donate online at ctoiowa.org. The bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Faith on Trial provided by Paul Martin and Paul Mitchell, owners of Imogene Ingredients. Imogene Ingredients supply specialized feed ingredients for livestock and pet diets to improve maternal and young animal health in both conventional and organic production. Information about Pharmatan and other products at ImogeneIngredients.com. Paul and Paul are members of St. Augustine's Knights of Columbus and encourage their brother knights to keep standing for their faith. My help comes Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. My thanks again to Max Carson. An incredible story. Uh, quite Just an incredible story. As I mentioned, I was excited to have kind of a, a front row seat uh, with Max as he discerned his call uh, out of the seminary, back into the seminary, and uh, God willing to become a priest here shortly. So, uh, and just again, an incredible story of how God can work in your life if you're listening, which is the important part is the if you're listening part. You know, I got to spend time in adoration this week, and uh, what a blessing it was. I just I felt God talking to me more clearly than I had in a long time. It tends to happen there. It tends to happen when you're in front of the Blessed Sacrament. It tends to happen when you're in that quiet place uh, of prayer. Uh, and so find that time. Find that time to, to do that. Uh, another note that I've got to, I've got to mention here it was brought up my men's group this week, and I, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring it up. Get to mass. Should almost go without saying, I feel like, but after COVID, we all have this excuse to not go. If you are young and healthy, not even young, if you're healthy in any way, shape, or form, uh, and you can make it to mass, you should be going to mass. Uh, wear a mask, socially distance. Do what you need to do, but we need to be getting the pews filled up. But especially with people who aren't vulnerable uh, to this to this pandemic, the people who aren't vulnerable to COVID nineteen, uh, we should be at mass. It is too important to be missing mass. We need to be filling the mass as as, re- as responsible as we can be. We need to be getting back to mass. Uh, it's a terrible habit to get out of a habit of not going to church and to not giving God what is due God, which is right praise. Uh, Jesus longs to be with us, and he longs for us to be with him at Mass. And it's just a shame to, to see how empty some of these churches are. Uh, and some of them are, are doing just fine, but I, I it just scares me that we have a lot of people who are taking an excuse of not going to Mass uh, and, and using it, quite frankly. People who, who aren't vulnerable in the population who should be at Mass. I'd like to see us all... Uh, be back to mass, show the bishop, show the priest that we want to be there. Uh, we can do that by showing up and making them, listen, if the doors, if the, if everything's full, that means we've got to have more mass time. So I just can't encourage you enough to get out and let's get back to mass. Thank you for joining me. I'm Man Up on IO Catholic Radio. I am Joe Stopulis. It's time to man up. Man Up, inspiring men to live out their call to holiness with Joe Stopulis. Heard Mondays at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio. Brought to you by Construction Professionals.